Welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with Shogun of Shogunates, Chris Prunty, along with our continued special guest, Daniel Quinn. On today's episode, we finish up our tour into the land of a thousand pots, our solar punk setting full of hope, whimsy, and just, you know, like kind of like good, feel-good emotions overall. This has been a very different journey than what we're used to, and we're going to wrap it up today by introducing three plot hooks each to help you get into the mindset or play or even write about the land of a thousand pots. Chris, you have the first jab at the prompt today. Go ahead. As you know, I really like Fallout and uh, the premise of vaults and everything, which is part of why I wanted it to be based in kind of an underground bunker and everything. And my plot hook would be that uh, some sort of fallback system uh, failed and people had to leave the virtual reality consciousness early. And I wanted from there to be the different factions that some people are like, no, we need to repair this and go back in. And then others who are like, no, this is maybe this is part of it. And this is what we have to do now. Because the system ideally is supposed to be infallible it's supposed to be like runoff of geothermal power a thousand times cross-checked that kind of thing so how did it fail why did it fail kind of thing and then there's people who are like we shouldn't even look into it we should just uh fix it or we should live outside in the real world it reminds me of um there's the the world ship kind of concept the like in Trek, there's a, that happens a couple times i think and also they had it in the orville where like some portion of it fails and they people awaken, they've got to decide, okay, what do we do now? Do we go back or do we proceed onward? Um, so I think it's a classic kind of like utopia test in, in, in these stories. Do you leave paradise? Right. Uh, yeah. I'm also getting like simulations within simulations vibes from it, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. where it's like, this is just, this is all just a test, you know, of the, of the true, Oh, 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 wait, wait. How about how about it's like a group of people who are basically wanting to leave anyway, and then they get their wish as well. Yeah. Well, and it could also be tested by the um, the man in gray. Maybe it's part of his test. With oh, 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 oh. So, so kind of based on that, right? If if you want to go into that idea, maybe there's like a coma that people fall into, and it's because they follow the man in gray a little bit too deep, and so they're they're in like a dreamscape where they're free, but not actually free. Oh, wow. Well, it. it is a simulation inside a simulation there. Yeah, exactly. But it's but it's all a dreamscape rather than like an actual tech simulation. Chris, like, so like when in this in this hook, so um, when they wake up, they're, we, we established like that the, the, they, they don't have, they, they're kind of like minds inside of these tree bodies. So are they like embodied now? So they really have to think about, okay, how do we go back or do we proceed on? They really need to think about how to go back. Cause <laughs> right. I think we, uh, we talked about once how there isn't any going back. So mm-hmm. they spend countless time trying to research and develop a way to go back or do they accept their fate? Yeah. Oh, that's kind of dire, isn't it? This could, I could also this be see this being the story of the first exiles. Like these mm-hmm. are the exiles that shouldn't have been. You know, it's like, oh, these are the people, or or no, we didn't call them the exiles. We called them the shepherds, right? Yeah, or the people from beyond the veil. Yeah. Well, no, the people from beyond beyond the veil. Those are the empaths. Those are the, those are the ones who are. Like the the spiritual leaders in a sense, right? I, I'm thinking. Oh, about I, I mean the ones that were androids that were let out early. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yes, yeah. so that, that's who I'm thinking of. Like instead yeah. of them being androids, maybe they're just people who woke up First. from the simulation, and that's actually really tragic. But again, because we gave them a hopeful tinge the last time, it feels a little bit better. 
I mean, you can extend it too. Like if they're the first like essential like exiles, then maybe the way they survived in their world is they realize, okay, there's this technology that's keeping humanity in a different form inside the simulation. So we know it's like biological, right? And it's trapping their, not trapping their minds, but it's like hosting their minds. Maybe they reverse engineered some of the technology and put it in their own bodies so they could photosynthesize and they can like survive in the, the new world. And that's, and that's how they that become that. cyborgs. Or that's, right. that's how they, yeah. Oh man. That, yeah. That's, an, that's really fascinating. I'm not sure if cyborg would be the right word, but I also have yeah, they're like bio, bio board. Well, 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 no, it's it's still melding the body with technology. technology it just yeah. so happens that technology is genetically modified plants now. True, true, yeah, that's kind of cool. And then maybe they like they're like, okay, well, the world isn't fully healed, so it's still dangerous, but we can survive if we if we like work with with this technology. So that's kind of like also to the spirit of. Um, of hope punk where you can continually improve yourself and, and continually fight against, I guess in this case, the, the, the ruined world, you know? Yeah. Speaking of ruined worlds, um, uh, I, I did want to get into one of mine because <laughs> the world is kind of a dire place right now. And I'm actually glad that we did this series when we did, because the escapism that it allows does help with coping with a lot of the stuff that's going on in the real world. You know, it gives me a brighter future to look forward to, even if it's fictional, you know, like just thinking about and talking about hopeful things does actually help me kind of get through a little bit, which is why I wanted to bring in a buddy cop uh, story (laughs) into the land of a thousand pots, because look, I made the I made the police force of this world like professional wrestlers and I want there to be a, I mean like that that story alone is like you you could run a, an RPG or tell a story about police officer pro wrestlers for sure but I want to tell more specifically the the version that's more like lethal weapon where you have <laughs> the new cop who's like who's like, uh, you know, he's like a, a loose cannon and he's new on the force, you know, and maybe it's his first kind of job, you know, because, you know, these these people, the cops, right, they're, they're essentially people who are already on the, on the verge of rebelling. So having a loose cannon cop who's new to the force is almost like guaranteed to happen on a cycle, right? And thus, what I want is lethal weapon. You got pro wrestling cops and they're tracking and I haven't figured out the caper yet. I actually wanted to bring this to you guys and be like, "All right, what kind of adventure are these pro wrestling cops? Cuz I want buddy cop, right? Uh-huh. I want you guys to help me figure out what the what the story is behind that. Because really, you can do anything, but I want I wanted us to bring it up here so we can figure it out together. What's your what's you guys' favorite buddy cop movies? Like one of mine is gotta be it's a really bad one, but it's like um with Sandra Bullock and uh what's her name? Um Melissa McCarthy and I think it's called The Heat. And it's the same I, kind of thing where you've got like the, the, the loose cannon and the 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 cop who's like the straight laced one who thinks they know what they're doing, but they compliment each other. Mm-hmm. And that, I think the villains in that were very generic, but it was really like the interaction between the two that you would that made it so enjoyable. So yeah, really matter what they're pursuing. Yeah, I think that's actually a really important point when it comes to buddy cop stuff in general. Is that the villains are kind of tertiary to the store to the primary and secondary like protagonists, right? Like mm-hmm. those are the main focus, and it's mostly like what what brings them together is kind of unimportant, except for to bring them together. Yeah, right? yeah. So so in my mind, I'm imagining that you know that that group of nefarious ne'er-do-wells that we created last week, you know, where they, they're creating, I think Chris called them like Mixie Spicklicks basically yeah, from, yeah. from Superman. You know, like the, I, I can see them just trying to go around stopping capers of various kinds. Uh, that's, that's kind of the fun that I want to have. Also, if we're talking about buddy cops, lethal weapon is absolutely one of my favorites all the way up until like six or seven, I think. Uh, then it gets a little bit lethal weapons. There were so many. Uh, well, oh no, I'm, I'm counting the always sunny in Philadelphia ones. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, so, so lethal weapons for sure. Four was terrible, but one through three were pretty okay. 
and you know the and then it picks up after four. But that for sure, Beverly Hills Cop is actually a really great one. And uh, one of my favorites is actually the other guys with Will Ferrell. And I never saw that one. Yeah. Okay. Funny. It's basically a meta commentary on the buddy cop genre, which I really love. Uh, it starts with who you expect to be the main protagonist. You know, it's, I think it's Samuel Jackson and maybe the rock, if I'm remembering correctly. <laughs> yeah. Where they look at each other and they're like having a shootout and they're like, all right, we got to jump off this building and we got to live. And they jump and they just, it cuts to their funeral because they jumped <laughs> off the top of a fucking skyscraper, basically. Really? I got to watch this. It's, it's very, very entertaining. And Will Ferrell plays like, I, I, you know, no, just go watch the movie. It's, it's it. yeah. surprisingly good, I will say. Uh, but, but those three are the in in my mind some of my favorites. You're gonna hate my if I if you ask my choices for buddy. What Cop. are yours? Well, of course we have to ask you now. <laughs> I really like the movie if it can be called that. Bright. Oh God, I heard yeah. it was bad. Yeah, I never saw it. A lot of people have said it's bad. I enjoyed it. Wait, is that the evil Superman boy one? No, no it's the Netflix no, that's movie. The, uh, I forget what that one's called, but Bright is the one. Oh, Bright is the one with Will Smith. Mm-hmm. Okay, what, what was it like? What was it? What made you like it though? I, I just liked it. I don't. I like it was stupid. It was, <laughs> uh, I it was over the top. Uh, I just found every time that they introduced a fantasy creature into a modern world, I was just like, ha, that's funny. See, I. Mm. Oh, no. hey, that look. hurts. That right. hurts so bad. I mean, I right guess now. we can't really say until we, unless we see it, because I avoided it just because it, it would tank so badly, but who knows? I mean, I, I would like to see him watch it too, because yeah. he has content no. views. No, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to. Uh, now I, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. No, I, I will. I will save you the trouble, Daniel. Just go and watch Lindsay Ellis's breakdown of it. Oh, it's God. way better. <laughs> it's 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 Let's a help. it's a full breakdown. Oh, okay, one of the lines is "Fairy lives don't matter today." <laughs> yeah, it's maybe, fucking... maybe Chris's point. It's like it's so dumb that it's good. Is that what you mean? No, like that? no that's how I took it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and my other one, uh, it, it counts as a buddy cop movie. Mm-hmm. Zootopia. Oh, it is a good. It is a good one. I will. I will take that. Even I will take that. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, that's not that's bad. A good one. Also, very on brand for you, Chris. I very on brand. So <laughs> oh man. Anyway, all right. So so let's try and blend these all together. What's the caper they're trying to solve in this one? Okay. Okay. I got it. Mm-hmm. All right. Because because oftentimes it's all about like the bad guys building towards a bigger plan right right you know it's like they're building towards the big heist or the big terrorist action basically right yeah just a bunch of goons and then one big bad guy who's like i'm all my goons are incompetent but i'm going to accomplish this thing right and you have and they kind of all have to follow the breadcrumb trail until they finally understand what's going what's really going on yeah and we and to chris's point we want them to be like cartoonishly villainous because that's like the whole flavor that is the point yeah Yeah, that that is in fact the point here all right so we have to throw in a corrupt government official obviously i bumble yeah (laughs) yeah uh but okay this becomes my question now Mm -hmm. how do you bribe a government official who is in a utopia like what can you give them well they want they want status and they want um they want like position right so a government official is probably the best example of that because they just want more and more responsibility and oversight like con- control over other things so maybe they bribe them with access to like a higher level position could it also just be they're completely naive that too <laughs> <laughs> they could yeah they could be totally like a doe-eyed, a doe-eyed politician who's been really manipulated. That would be better, I think. I, I kind of like that idea more. I like yeah. the idea that they're entirely innocent. And they're just like, oh, hey, look at... Yeah, no, I mean, I... I, I oh, no! You know what it is? Mm-hmm. It's, it's that joke 
of like, hey, when TSA asks you, has anyone, you know, did you pack your own bags? Yeah. That's literally what's been going on. He's just been like, oh, yeah, I've been, these really nice people have been, you know, packing my stuff for me as I go on my business trips. You know, like, <laughs> that's the type of shit that we could do where, you know, like, yeah, they're just nice. I mean, why, why not? Okay. So right. the villain, someone on the inside who's manipulating, um, like, inexperienced higher ups. Yes, I can, I can, I can, I can vibe with that for sure. And what do they want, though? I, I, I know what I would want them to wrestle for or to fight people <laughs> for. Yes. It would be, and I don't know what you would call it, but for the police prince precinct. So just every buddy like movie like dodgeball and everything it always comes down just like we got to save the gym yeah okay okay yeah okay that's the, uh, uh, all right i like where we're going here mm-hmm. so it's it's for the actual like it's not a prison but it's it's for the actual police station itself yeah right? the, the rehabilitation center that you know because you, you established it's like restorative justice kind of world yes absolutely which is right, a gym. So, that makes sense that it's gym like because they yes. got to train them to get their aggression and such out. Exactly, and you have to train them to be professional wrestlers, which is yeah, not easy. Got to wrestle. <laughs> yes, yes. All right, so yeah. so Chris Chris nailed it. We're we're aiming for the gym. Mm-hmm. So so maybe through some kind of machinations and you know signing oh. the wrong paperwork and whatnot. The gym is to be torn down and recreated as something else. Okay, I, I got it. That's, yeah. I got it. The, the, Go ahead. The, 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 the reason, who, why would you not want the gym, like, and the cops? Because they're the ones who kind of, like, make you walk the 12-step path, right? And who doesn't want to walk the 12-step path? Annoyed teenagers who are rebelling against the 12-step path. So maybe it's like some low-level um, um, devious intern who's working for this um, government official who's manipulating him or her into uh, to writing out that kind of like legislation that gets rid of the gym. That is so perfect, Daniel. Secret villain. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> secret villain who's like the – when you look at them, they're very uptight, you know, uh-huh. very like well-to-do and prim and proper intern. Yep. And then – you know, of course, towards like the end. Of it. Toward the end. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was actually thinking the misfits. You know. Oh like yeah, yeah. Have, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. All right, that's great. I'm, we're we're gonna leave it there. I don't. I don't think we can <laughs> do better than that. That's and if awesome. you imagine the wrestling match, like, so at the end, at the end, it's got to come down to like that kid's got to wrestle someone. You know. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> obviously, he's got to wrestle somebody. I'm just seeing like. Hurricane Rana's off the top rope and shit like that. It's going to be amazing. Oh, my God. That's great. Did you see that wrestling show with, um, what is it called? The new one? Did you like that one? Um, it's all it's all women wrestlers. Glow. Oh, glow. What's it called? Glow. 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 Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Glow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with Allison Brie, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that show is fun. That's, that's very enjoyable. It has actual wrestlers on it as well, which helps. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, there's. Uh, well, I'm not. We don't need to get into. We don't need, this isn't wrestling corner. <laughs> not yet, anyway. Uh, Daniel, uh, what did what did what was your what was one of your plot hooks this uh, this time? Um, I wanted to do a cozy mystery, which um, for those who like, I'm not super familiar with it, but I've heard about it in various um, conventions. Um, it's it's basically a mystery series that's like the opposite of a noir mystery. So instead of being hard boiled, it's very like comfortable, and it's run the the detective quote unquote is more like an average person who just has a hobby of being a detective, um, and they're trying to solve something in the local community. So I was thinking um, for the cozy mystery, there's in a lot of, we established a lot of the kids um, growing up, they're pretty, they're really smart. Kids are generally like low level geniuses, like savants. So there's yeah. this science fair experiment that's going on. Everyone has their science experiments and, and they have to do with like creating forms of sustainable energy because that's just generally the theme. Um, so you could run this as like uh, powered by the apocalypse RPG, or you could do like a short story. But the premise would be that someone's like one of the kids' experiments was sabotaged, and um, the, the the kids have to get together and figure out who sabotaged it and why. And the culprit could be, you know, one of the students. It could be a disgruntled teacher, um, you know, someone potentially tempted either by the man in gray through jealousy or greed or insecurity 
Um, so this like detective kid or whoever you select, maybe it's a teacher, um, has to kind of like go through their community to confront each of these people and figure out who the villain is. Um, and typically in like a cozy mystery, like the villain isn't a horrible person. They're just like misguided. Um, or they can be, they're brought to justice in the end. Um, but it gives a chance to like really talk about their culture on the small scale. If you were to go through it as an RPG or a story. I love the idea of focusing on the smaller side of this, you know, because as, as Jason pointed out in the email, he did say he wanted like a slice of life type story. Yeah. And I think a cozy mystery is a perfect way to do that. Now, now quick question. Would a cozy mystery be something like monk or uh, murder? She wrote, for example, I think so. Like Monk, he's a, is a, I didn't really watch Monk, but isn't he, he's not, he's not a cop or anything, right? He is not a police officer. No. Okay. Or if something like you, a lot of the crime shows have like a writer who, or like some non-police person who has someone in the police who they have as a friend. But, but at the end of the day, it's like, they, they're the ones who solve it. I think um, Midsummer Murders, which is one that my wife loves to watch, is definitely a cozy mystery, but if, but it actually, and it probably isn't because it actually follows a cop, but it has a it has a feeling like a cozy mystery and that it's a small community. Um, gotcha. So generally, the protagonist isn't a cop; they're like adjacent to it. Yeah, I think uh, Angela Lansbury and Murder She Wrote is like the perfect yeah. idea for yeah, that. She's you know, mystery. yeah. Also, I love I love Murder She Wrote because one, it's just a great series. Two, Angela Lansbury is great, but also three, orig- created by the people who the same people who created Columbo my favorite show <laughs> of all time. <laughs> we got to talk about that someday. I, I will have an hour long podcast <laughs> on my own about how amazing Columbo is. I, Columbo. Yeah, look, I, I just realized I have a platform to talk about Columbo and I will use it. <laughs> I'm, oh, this is it as one of our, our review episodes. <laughs> but it's not good at world building. It's just a great show. We'll find a way. Well, I, I will find a way. Don't you worry. Find a way to make it work. I look to anyone who's listening to this. It's okay to stop listening and go watch Columbo because that <laughs> show is so good. Unfortunately, you can't stream it anywhere because there's currently some legal issues going on with the streaming rights. But if you want to email us at worldbuildwithus at gmail I have the physical set of DVDs. You just let me know. I'll make it happen. It's okay. <laughs> the world i am a colombo evangelist for sure like no doubt in my mind i will i will preach the word of colombo it's so good uh sorry tangent apologies i hear mystery and i get excited to talk about colombo i'm sorry not sorry colombo's great (laughs) all right about something yeah all right all right all right so I love the idea of a cozy little like science fair mystery. That's really cool. That's like, there's so many cool things that you can do with that too. Like if I was running that as a, as like an RPG, yeah. you could play it. So you could have, you know, like any one of the characters be the culprit. Yeah. And then it's like randomly assigned. Right. That's what I would and like. Then, yeah. Yeah. That, that's what, that's what I would do for sure. And then, and then of course it's up to the character or the player mm-hmm. to be like, okay, well, why did my character do this? Mm-hmm. And then also how can I try and get away with it? You know, like that's I think the fun be part for a story game because like it relies really heavily on your goals narratively rather than like a simulation, like a D and D sort of game for you to play. It. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's far more narrative as opposed to simulationist. I would agree with that. So funny enough, I also had a similar idea, at least an age range, mm-hmm. you know, because you're thinking high school kids, basically, right? Yeah. Like younger kids. I had a similar idea for for doing like a Stand By Me style game oh. where where it was like, okay, you have a group of friends. Yeah, it, It's like a group of friends and it's right before they're all going to go off to do their 12 lifetimes. Right? Oh, that's so great. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like, okay, none of them want to split up. Mm-hmm. They don't want to go and se- be separated from their friends. And so, you know, they have an idea. They're going to run away to this place because they've been getting the same dreams that if they run away, there's a man in gray who can help them oh, escape no. and get away from society. Oh, yeah. Oh, and no. so the story becomes them trying to run away from the society mm-hmm. and try to get to this place that they keep seeing in their dreams. And I mean, 
How fun is that? Because you get to play kids doing explorations in the wilderness. I mean, I come on. That, novel. that sounds like a great premise for a novel, like a short yeah. novel, like a, especially like a YA novel. That'd be fantastic, you know? I, I think it would be really fun. And not only that, but you could really play up the, like the sinister nature of mm-hmm. the man in gray. You know, you could, and like you could even have them get to the point where they get to the man in gray's, you know, like playland or whatever, and just have it be a horrible carnival, mm-hmm. you know, like stuff like that. I think that'd be really fun. Like kind of, kind of like almost like a Pinocchio, the animated one. Yeah. Mm. Um, but, but also I had the idea in mind where obviously you get to the point where, I mean, in the story version of this, not the game version of this, but in the story, you can just have it so everyone realizes, or most people realize, hey, you know what? We have to go back and face our adulthood. Right. And that's... Well, maybe there's a something that goes, like, once they get to the man in gray, they realize he's up to something that they that's going to hurt their community that they came from. And so they have yeah. to make an adult decision, and that's what spurs them to move on with their lives, too. Yeah, the, the alternative is, of course, that you get to the edge, right? You get to the edge between wilderness and the man in gray, and they all have to make that choice, whether or not they turn back to go and face their 12 lifetimes or they go to the man in gray. And that's actually where you could stop it, right? Where mm-hmm. you stop the story right before they make the decision. And there's all this conflict that's built up that's interpersonal, of course, you know? And I, I don't know. I just realize they're not ready. That's the problem. They'll realize they do need the paths to, to actually make the, the step, you know? Right. Because it's in the hardest part is not the beginning and end because those are the easy bits. It's like the in-between that is where the substance really comes from, where you get to know the characters and you get to understand their, their fears and their wants and, you know, why they're squabbling and everything like that. I think that'd be, I think that'd be a really fun story to tell whether it be an rpg or a novel or something like that oddly enough mine also involved uh children oh uh and they were also running away mainly because i do like the runaways and uh i didn't take the correlation of stand by me but i do like the aspect of it being a journey of going to some place but i was going to have it be the ultimate form of rebellion and kind of they get a bunch of people a bunch of uh people who haven't done the, the 12 steps and 12 lifetimes, 12 steps. It's very, very different. <laughs> 12 lifetimes. I said the same thing too. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted it to be in a weird way that, uh, they unknowingly enter into one of the lifetimes and it's the rebellion. It's where they, a group of children kind of uh, separate from reality and they think they're in the real world. And that's kind of, it doesn't of course go, uh, what is it? Uh, Dark. You're not looking to go dark. uh, Feast for flies. What is that? Oh, uh, Lord of the the flies. flies. Lord of the flies. So yeah, it doesn't go Lord of the flies on, on them, but it, I was picturing more of like a Peter Pan like style uh, world where since they haven't lived through much experience or anything, they don't know even what is possible in the real world. So it makes it more whimsical and everything. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. And, and because this is basically like a, you know, like a paradise, I'm sure that there's plentiful, like natural food that they could all eat. Right. Yeah. 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 That's fun. That's really fun. All right. So, so where, do, where does the conflict in your story come from exactly? So the conflict uh, in it that I had the idea is I wanted something to kind of be effectively the pirates or something. I wanted it to be a group of uh, adults or people who do exist there and are trying to catch them. But it's kind of like a uh, dog catcher and dog relationship. They're not really enemies or anything. It's just two people doing their job and... I, I would find it even more uh, poetic if the ones who become the dog catchers or the pirates in this instance are just the kids when they grow up before they go into their next. Uh... Imagine that when you grow up and you go on to your next lifetime as a community service thing, you go back and, and you play an active role in this. Oh, one. that is super cool. 
So that's you, not something you, we've explored before, but that's the yeah. I'm I'm down with that. That's really I'm cool. Super into that because like because they're they're technically they aren't really physical beings anymore. So that's entirely possible that they could be quote unquote sent back or like maybe like that that piece of their consciousness goes and you know does some service work in the quote unquote past. That's kind of Ooh. neat. Yeah. Now now we're introducing an entirely new element. That's just like uh-huh. holy shit. There's a lot to mine out of that one. Yeah. Oh, the time crazy for my third one, but so so my my idea when you said that they're basically dog catchers, I mean, why not just make them? Why not just make them police? Why not just make them pro wrestling police luchadors? You know? <laughs> Everyone's fucking luchador. No, yeah, obviously, no. it would continue the theme, and they don't necessarily have to be outwardly the bad guy because there's no mm-hmm. outward bad guys. There's just the authority figure. Well, I was even thinking that they're they're playing the character of the pro wrestler that they eventually grow up to be. Oh, I like that. Because I, yeah. I really like the cycle version of it because it's like you're you're rebelling against yourself. And so that's like has a metaphorical basis to it. You know, like you're, you're, the struggle is really against yourself to be capable enough to move on to the next phase. Like they're, they're, they're literally representing that that phase in their teenage life so for their their future self to be the authority that they're rebelling against in a, under a mask is really neat i think yeah oh man and they're and they're literally facing their future like mm-hmm. it, it is a it is a physical embodiment of their future yeah. in these characters that's really cool i love it yeah oh man uh daniel you have you have another one go ahead which would you like um, more, uh, a dog show, or would you like uh, an inverse bring... the road? Dog Wait, you... show or two options? Wait, I thought you did, you brought four, or have no, you not no. introduced? These are my last two, so like I, I have one that you can choose from one of those. Uh, I want dog show. Dog uh, show, I'll go there first. Yeah. R.I.P. Fred Willard, by the way. Um, well, it, I, I, my line of reasoning for this, so uh, a mission of guilt here, like when I work out in the basement, I treat myself to an episode of uh, the Project Runway. For, <laughs> so, oh, there is so a lot back there. <laughs> so, so I was thinking, like, oh, what if this was incorporated into, when I was thinking of ideas for the solar punk setting, into the solar punk setting, because here you have these judges who, you know, they're interested in, they have like superior wisdom and you have these young people who are trying to prove their talents, right? And so in this world, we've established that people um, are primarily interested in bettering themselves just like in Star Trek. So it's about about currency, about, you know, having better skills and a better career, essentially. So I thought, okay, well, I could just bring the Project Runway into the the setting. Then I'm like, ah, you know, that's just too straightforward. But then I thought, well, we do have these magical animals that everyone is bound to. So I thought, well, maybe part of one of the cultural practices that they go through is this contest where, you know, the, the maybe the smartest kids or the kids with the most interesting pets, I don't know, like there's a selection of kids um, or young people who have to participate in this worldwide contest that is essentially a dog show. And it's it uses all these animals to do the dog show. And you want to find the best of the best pairing in the end. Um, and in terms of story, you know, this could be could be an RPG. It could be a short story. Um, at the end of the day, maybe what the conflict is, is that one of the contestants um, is either discriminated against or um, and I don't mean that in a racial sense, but just like maybe in a in a in sense of like them being uh, part of like the the youth culture that's rebel that typically rebels against the the 12 lifetimes or whatever it is and the participants of the contest realize that the judging is in some way rigged and so they have to work together while going through the contest to expose the scandal that in order to preserve the integrity of like their whole the whole ritual that this culture goes through um that okay that's i love the idea of a rigged system (laughs) for some reason i just i just find that particular aspect of it to be really interesting to me and really charming uh and and of course like i think i think the idea in this setting is that a lot of the rigging and a lot of the corruption is intentional and it's like there to expose you know like this is why it's bad type thing you know and it's got to be like oh this it's there to be exposed and shown like hey make sure that we fight against this type thing yeah from a global point of view like i would say that there's genuine there's genuine, you know, 
uh, in this case, it would be a genuine villain, like who is rigging it. But it's like the point from the narrative is to show you like we're the world is better together if we can fix these problems, you know? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Also, I love the fact that you're trying to tie in Project Runway. Like that really <laughs> look as as a man who loves him some Project Runway, let me tell yeah. you. Yeah. Season eight. I mean uh, sorry. As long as it has Heidi. Yeah, this is the last one with Heidi Klum. So I'm like, well, if it's not gonna have Heidi Klum and um what's his name? Um uh, Tim Gunn. Tim Gunn, I'm like, what's the point? So after yeah. that. Yeah, it's the it's the last season. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, we can like, we can move on with our lives. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. It could also be a cooking show, you know. But I thought the pets make sense because we've already got them as part of the setting. Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting strong uh, best in show vibes yeah. for sure. And uh, yeah, that's that's really fun. All right, cool. The idea that I had uh, once again going back to the ideas of uh, when they open up or when they have to come out. Uh, we've been over the fact that the earth has to heal, that the earth is kind of rebuilding itself and everything or whatever planet they're on. Uh, I thought I would have it that uh, the reason they open up early is because another species of some kind has colonized the planet and can survive in the way that it currently exists. And I wanted the conflict to come with the interactions of them and kind of the fact that we stated that a lot of this has been uh, teaching about how to live with nature, how to live with uh, the way that the world is and keeping things as they are. But this is detriment to them. And so a lot of the conflict comes, who who owns this area? You, were, you weren't you were even uh, awake when we got here. Maybe they uh, colonized the planet 100 years ago and now you've woken up and it's just like, but this is our home and i wanted the conflict and uh the back and forth of cultural norms from uh the group that they interact with wow that's that's fantastic but you know what that reminds me of um especially if you make it difficult for them to understand each other in the beginning um the episode darmok you know like the, one of the greatest star trek episodes yeah, like where they, um, they, they, the, the other alien race communicates through like symbols essentially and metaphor. And so even with a translation, it doesn't make sense unless you understand their culture. So if you're, if the aliens who've inhabited the world are difficult to communicate with, that'll make it all the more interesting. Cause now they've got to find a way to actually understand them before they can talk about who owns what technically, you know? I, I like that as well because I feel like, well, well, wait a minute. Are you, so you're talking about, the idea that once once humanity awakens from the dream, right? Like once they awaken from the simulation, when everything is supposedly good, like they're they're ready to live in a utopian society. Is that what you're suggesting? Is that when this conflict arises? And it's Correct. like kind of their first thing that they have to deal with? Yeah. yeah. Imagine if you wake up and it's supposed to be like, yeah, the world's ready for us. Everything should be all set to go. Wait, who are you guys? <laughs> Yeah. Which is perfect because it shows that you can't ever achieve a utopia. That's classic hope punk, right? I guess. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. well, my my other question becomes: Well, what happened to the people who are already awake, like this the the shepherds and those who see mm-hmm. beyond the veil and stuff like that? Where were they when this whole thing was going down? Well, they can't wake up the other people, to my knowledge. So maybe they've already kind of either existed in a separate third group. And now you have three groups that were never part of the original plan. Interesting. I mean, it could be too, that the empaths are really only focused on, on the area of wherever the human sleeping bits are. So like, they don't really talk, explore the rest of the ruined world. So like this could, the colonization could have happened and maybe the Android slash people beyond the veil sorts, like they're aware of these aliens and have been dealing with it, you know? <laughs> or it could okay. be the fact that the aliens, like it's a big world. Who knows mm-hmm. how much of an area that they've explored or know or. And it's multiple uh, worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I, I have, I kind of have an idea about that actually. Instead of aliens, can we just have them be another species that has since evolved since the fall of humanity? Oh, and they've. Oh. Yeah. So it's, it, they're natives to the planet as well. They're just like different natives. Like they're the, they're the progeny of, you know, like millions of, of generations of some kind of animal that's now become sentient and has become, you know, a nascent humanity as it were, you know, where Rich people not, not even, I was thinking cephalopods actually, but, 
What was that, Daniel? Fungus people. Fungus people? Well, actually, that that is an entirely Shine different implication. What's that? Shine no. intelligent. He said nothing, Daniel. He said absolutely nothing. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Shine intelligent insects? Did you say that? No. Yeah. No, no. He was, he was saying cephalopods, Daniel. Aphids. Oh, I see. God damn it. <laughs> they have, like, they have to, they, their primary resource is milking, of course. <sighs> I, I, I just thought it would be kind of interesting. I don't know. I just thought it'd be I cool like that, though. Because yeah. if you want to keep the setting, if you don't want to deal with... Because, like, the instant we introduce other alien species, now there's, like, the, the world is a lot bigger, right? So if you want to deal with that from a narrative point of view, if you make it another species on the planet, you don't have to worry about space, you know? Right. And then there, with this, there's also the idea that it is humanity's uh, job to guide this new species into a into a utopia you know like mm -hmm. they it's it's you know we kept calling i kept calling them the shepherds and now they're the shepherds for a new species yeah. you know like we've learned through in you know like millions of years of this evolution and now it's now we can teach you that kind of thing i mean you can also like you could also make the counter argument too that like they that's the way they come out from that perspective but then they realize wait a minute there's another way of living that's just as quote-unquote utopian from the perspective of these aliens you know or these yeah. um, other species yeah there, there's a lot you can mine there i mean i can yeah. i can go into a lot of like oh well is it now ethical to toss this new group into the simulation exactly. yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot there's a lot there that you can that you can do with it um cool. yeah all right um, you do when someone says, uh, hey, no, leave. Just like, oh, we, we've had so much conflict resolution within ourselves. We actually don't know how to deal with people who are stubborn. <laughs> See, <laughs> right. I, I dislike the idea that just because you're a utopian society, you're pushovers. Mm -hmm. I, I, I always push back against that because like, I some of the most like compassionate people I know are the most stubborn and are the most like aggressive and in your face, you know, like but they're hard. Again, I have no, I have no frame of reference for Picard, <laughs> except that he's like a sexy bald man. That's he like, he doesn't take any bullshit, but at the same time, he's very compassionate. He's like a really, he's a, he's a stern dad. Basically. Will, I will, I will like, take yeah. you at your word, Daniel. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure. Uh, on, on the complete opposite spectrum, uh, my final story hook type thing that I wanted to introduce, I wanted to have a rom-com. <laughs> I wanted there, and this is this is definitely far more narrative for me than it would be like running a game in this, because mm -hmm. to me, like rom-coms are something that you kind of have to force a lot of the times. Like the narrative conceits of rom-coms are just too much a lot of the time for me. So with my rom-com, my main idea is there are these people that keep meeting up during the 12 lifetimes. So it, it almost like it's, it's meant to be type thing where during their first 12, first of the 12 lifetimes they meet and they fall in love and Oh my God, it's so amazing. And then of course they move on to their next one, but they're not together anymore. And so maybe they fall in love again with different people and maybe it's a different, maybe it's something entirely different. And then, you know, like they, they through each of the 12 lifetimes, they keep coming in and out of each other's lives. And at the end, it's like you bring all of these people together who have all been romantically entangled. Mm -hmm. And so now you have, you know, literally 12 lifetimes of romantic, you know, of like romantic involvement. And it's all about figuring out who wants to be with who. That's like so it's vaguely it's so sliding doors to me, sort of. I mean, I know that one's about like multiple universes and decisions, but if you think about like the cycle of of their their romance, like how it would have changed in each time, it's kind of neat. I like that. I wanted it to not be a typical rom com where it's like, oh, we want to stay together forever. It's like, no, society forces you to love other people. Plus, uh -huh. I think what it says is you're going to love other people, and that's okay. Like, love exists everywhere, and it's deep love too. Like. I think that's something that a lot of younger people don't understand is that the love that you have for your first love is going to be just as intense as the love that you have for your third or fourth love. It's just different. And, and, and figuring out what makes you want to stay with someone is what matters most. What, what it also would show is, is that it's not all about, because a lot of time rom-coms is about the meet cute and like, 
the initial romance and then it's got like a pattern to it. But here you're kind of talking about how, um, which is I think lost in modern dating in terms of like dating through apps, <laughs> which I'm all, was all too familiar to with a long time ago, um, is that <laughs> there's an evolution, right? So it's, it's, it deepens with each kind of revolution if you stick with the same person. So if it's the same person over time, you know, in different lifetimes, they're getting different dimensions of that love over time. Absolutely. That that's a really smart point to bring up as well. Yeah. All right, Daniel, bring us on home with some like weird like dick monster, whatever you want to do. <laughs> you mean like my aphid sex? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm like somehow thinking that your last one is like, all right, look, we're making this as depressing as possible. I know it. <laughs> Fuck you. I know it's hope punk. We're going depressing. So, but but I did say my last option here is an inverse the road. So. So can we make the road hopeful? So my, my what I'm thinking about is oh God. Oh God. <laughs> I, I, from the road, the only thing I want to take from that is, is the Raiders get a baby. <laughs> I, I want to take from that. Oh game. no, that's no, no, no. That's great because now we can turn it into three men and a baby instead of oh, them, oh, eat, you know, like putting it in a soup pot. It's like, how do we change its diaper? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I want to take from that is the uh, a pairing um, that have to walk a road. So um, I'm thinking you have a, a child, particularly who awakens um, either accidentally or on purpose, whatever the situation is, from the simulation into the world of ruin that's still healing and they have to kind of stumble into this kind of dangerous reality and they are they're incarnated along with their their pets so they, they initially come with this this companion and what i what i want to twist in this one is originally i had the meetings another beyond the veil person so one of those andrew android types that are living out there but i'd rather use chris's setup where instead of encountering that they encounter this other species that has now evolved on the on the planet and they're unable to communicate with them, but they have to learn in order to survive, to make friends with them and to pair with them. And this, the, the person they encounter, the creature they encounter is also a child. So the two of them have to kind of like walk this path into the, the healing world um, and learn from each other. And then what they, what they realize of the conflict is that there is an impending catastrophe or natural disaster, I'm not sure what, whatever it is that could affect both the, um, the society of this, this new species and, um, the simulation. And so they have to work together against it to save both of their societies, but they first have to learn to work together with each other. So it's this kind of like, they're walking this road that's, you know, it's, it's, it's not a safe place, but it's also like a hopeful future place. Um, and they have to work together to save it. I love the I love the way that you're incorporating uh, this kind of new species. I think that's really brilliant. I love this. I, I, I don't know. There's there's a lot here that I really love. It also reminds me of um, oh, there's an Outer Limits episode where like two enemies in an intergalactic war like see each other and they have to survive together. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, I think yeah. you're thinking yeah. of the movie Enemy Mine. Oh, I never saw that. I haven't either. But there. But it might be based off of that because I remember that what that episode was adapted into something else. Oh. Love that movie. Yeah. There, it's like a lizard man and a human or something like that. I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, like I want them to initially be like, "Oh God, what is this other thing? I'm horrified by it. It's scary." But then they learn that it's that it's the only other safe thing, you know, in this unknown yeah. world. And again, we're we always go back to the theme of creating and maintaining bonds and connections. And I love that. Oh, I love that so much. He, he looks I like, really Darmok. like that. that guy, the Darmok character. Who? The, the so you you just sent a little screenshot of this alien from Enemy Mine, Chris, and he looks like the alien in the Darmok episode. Okay, yeah. So, so that image is actually that uh, it's got to be made from a from that stri the outer limits episode, a hundred percent, because it's very very similar. Yeah, uh, or maybe Twilight Zone. I don't know. I can't remember. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, it, it's it's not important. What is important is that we wrapped up our series on a land of a thousand pots with some really really awesome ideas. Uh, and again, big thanks to Jason for sending this prompt to us because I, and I, I, I always thank our listeners, but really guys, without these prompts, I mean, no, let me, let me rephrase that. I always, you know, thank our listeners, but I, I 
I really want to take some time here to genuinely thank you for all of your love and support and your really awesome creative ideas. These ideas get us excited to do this podcast every single week. And we are, you know, we're always buzzing in our group chat about like, oh man, that idea is really cool. I'm really excited to get back to this. And I just want to say, we love the feedback that you give us and it makes us so excited to, to get to do this. Yes. I, I especially love when it makes me uh, go outside my comfort zone with a idea that I probably wouldn't want to go for the more high fantasy stuff. I, I usually can't even conceptualize it. Uh, but I really like where it makes me think of places I wouldn't normally. So yeah, keep sending them. There's a, an element of the unknown that is exciting when you like approach, um, well, exciting and, and like kind of annoying when you approach writing something new, when you want to dealing with a blank page. So to have a prompt where it's like, here's the parameters that can get you so far because now like these are, this is something you chose. So you have to work within those parameters and it kind of spurs your creativity. So it's really helpful to get a prompt. So even for the, for us, like to get a prompt, we can kick off and make all this stuff, but in your own creating and, and writing and you know, game designing, if you start with something uncertain or random, it can always lead to some really fruitful stuff. Absolutely. And it is my sincere hope that by listening to us kind of like babble and go back and forth, that there is something, even if it's just a phrase that we use, that inspires you to go out and write and create on your own. Because I think that's part of what makes this whole podcast for us so exciting is the back and forth. Like, we inspire you, you inspire us, and it just, you know, it goes on forever in this beautiful cycle of <laughs> creative love. And aphid milk. <laughs> oh, I'm so sick of that goddamn aphid milk. Um, <laughs> I just picture um, Luke, you know, with the, the whole the teat of the alien. Like, that's what I'm picturing right now. I, I know what you're thinking of, Dan. He's so satisfied with himself, too, like, in that image. Yeah. It's just a great image. And I yeah. hate that movie, but I love that image. All right. I think that's a good place to wrap it up. (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much for listening as always. And remember that if you want to send us an email, you can do so by sending us, sending one to worldbuildwithus at gmail.com, or you can send us a DM or a public message on Twitter at let's worldbuild. Send us your ideas. We're always looking for more and Remember that we love you very much, and we hope that you have a great week. You're going to get through it. We're going to get through it together. Thank you.